listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. This is the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for Wednesday, November uh, 22nd, 2023. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners. I hope you guys have a wonderful time celebrating with family tomorrow, or if you're by yourself, I mean, I hope you just have a a great day and that you're able to enjoy yourself. And uh, we all take the moment to reflect on what we're thankful for. We all have much to be be thankful for at this time of year. Uh, For this week's episode, episode 98 of the show, really, really close to 100. Um, uh, My good buddy and frequent collaborator to the show, Eddie Ramirez, will return. We're going to be discussing Loki season two. Uh, Lots of digest, lots to talk about when it comes to Loki's Disney Plus shows and the Loki character arc that we got to see through the the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And we're also going to take a deep dive into the recent news with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the good and the bad. We're going to talk about it all. It's going to be a really great conversation. It always is whenever Eddie's on the show. It's always fun to geek out with him. Before I get to my conversation with Eddie, though, I wanted to share two bits of entertainment news that just recently broke and I'm really, really excited about. So we're going to be talking just really, really briefly about Cobra Kai or more specifically the Karate Kid returning to movie theaters uh, as a brand new movie and some recent Star Wars news as well. So I'm going to play just a little bit of an audio clip for you. This is two notable actors, Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan, introducing or making a big announcement when it comes to the Karate Kid franchise. Uh, I'll let you try and decipher which voice is which since you're just hearing the voices. Uh, Yeah, hopefully, I'm I'm pretty sure you could probably tell who's talking here. So here's just an audio clip of uh, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio, and Mr. Han, played by Jackie Chan, talking about a really big announcement coming from Sony Pictures. Hi everyone, we've got big news. We're starring in a new Karate Kid movie together. That's big news, but we even have bigger news. Bigger than that? We're looking for next Karate Kid. That's right, the global search for the star of our new film starts right now. So let's wax on, wax off everybody. You mean, check it on, check it off? Hang it up. Maybe the new Karate Kid will have to do it all. I'm excited. You excited? I'm very, very excited. Let's do it. Learn more about this new role. Submit your audition video. So there you go. Really cool. Really exciting that uh, the Karate Kid's going to be coming back. Uh, Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio, and Mr. Han, played by Jackie Chan, are teaming up together in a movie, which is really exciting and cool. If you guys remember about a year ago or so, a little bit over a year ago, Sony had announced that they were going to be doing a Karate Kid movie. Uh, and, you know, there was rampant fan, specula- fan speculation that this movie was going to be tying into the very popular Cobra Kai Netflix series. But as it turns out, the the producers and creators of the uh, Cobra Kai show said, hey, this has nothing to do with what we're doing. We wish Sony well. But yeah, this is their their thing, basically. So it was implied that it was going to be a completely separate thing. But now it appears based on this announcement we just got that Ralph Macchio is, in fact, involved. So this absolutely means that Daniel LaRusso is returning after Cobra Kai wraps up its sixth season, which will be sometime next year in 2024, now that all the strikes for Hollywood are over. And what's really interesting and cool is that they're bringing in uh, uh, Jackie Chan's character from the the Karate Kid remake 
Uh, I never saw it. In fact, it looked pretty horrible to me. <laughs> it didn't really interest me to get to see Will Smith's kid in a movie. But I'm, I'm actually more inclined to want to go to watch it now. So I'll probably check it out, see what streaming service has uh, the Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie. If any of my listeners have seen it, let me know what you think of it. Uh, but I guess for all intents and purposes, this means that that particular Karate Kid movie is part of the Cobra Kai franchise now. Uh, so that's going to be really cool, really exciting. So the, it, it wasn't announced in the announcement just now, but uh, reports from Variety and other Hollywood trades are saying that December of 2024, so uh, just a little over a year from now is when we're going to get that Karate Kid movie with uh, Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan and whoever they get to this ho- big, massive Hollywood search to find uh, a next superstar kid, which is pretty cool. I think it'd be really cool for whichever kid is able to, to secure that role. Uh, and then last but not least, there's some Star Wars news that just broke recently. Uh, Dave Filoni was just recently promoted to the chief creative officer for Lucasfilm, which uh, in, for, for the most part, that should be a really good uh, good pick. It should be signs of, of good things to come. We'll have to take it as a wait wait and see what's going to happen. Uh, but again, it's uh, it, in theory, it should be really exciting. But the, the fact that the, Lucasfilms has some problems recently and hasn't really been able to come forward with some of the promises that they've made. And then because certain executives are still there, you still kind of like, you know, (laughs) I I don't want to go into it too much, but uh, in theory, yeah, I do think it's a really good signing and good move to have Dave Filoni, someone who's really passionate and loves Star Wars and is very creative and knows his stuff very well and can come up with some compelling, great stories to be the chief creative officer for Lucasfilm. But again, I think it's, more of a wait and see what's going to happen so the of the two news i'm excited about both but really really excited about the karate kid news uh anyways yeah that's enough of me rambling (laughs) i don't want to take up too much time so here we go this is my conversation with eddie ramirez talking about loki season two and everything going on with the marvel cinematic universe So returning to the show, it's Eddie Ramirez. Eddie, how are you doing, my friend? Good, 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 man. Thanks for the invite. I'm happy to be back. Raised the great Oh, absolutely. It's the, the perfect time to, to nerd out. Uh, there's so much news when it comes to uh, Marvel and the MC, MCU. Uh, and then, of course, Loki Season 2 just wrapped up. So I, I really wanted to focus on that. Because again, I, I, I'm assuming you, you feel the same way that I do, that uh, the Loki character has just been amazing. Uh, story arc that he's gone through and both seasons I think have been really really good yeah I mean the the arc uh, of this character has just been insane to me it's it's really up there with like uh, Tony Stark's arc um, you know even Captain America's arc whether we don't the way they set it up those those came to an end and and uh, end game so this is just like right up there in, in, in the Marvel Universe Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to dive in deep into Loki seasons one and two, uh, Tom Hiddleston portraying Loki. But then along with that, there's a ton of like MCU news that is that's broken over the past couple of weeks, even the past few months, uh, some good, maybe some not so good. So I guess it's kind of, you know, taking the moment to, to talk about the elephants in the room. Uh, but there's hope. I think there's a lot of good hope and a lot of things to be excited about when it comes to the MCU. Definitely. I, I mean, with all the strikes, uh, finally, Put to bear and done with uh content is starting to flood out and rumors again are just part of the cycle again i'm excited it's gonna be a great end of the year discussion 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into Loki first. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting and funny that they do all this talk about or, you know, story arcs are really drawing inspiration from multiverse and like, you know, alternate timelines and things of that nature. Very comic booky stuff, which I guess the audience is really starting to, I think, to enjoy uh, for the most part. But uh, it's interesting to consider and think that at one point, Tom Hiddleston actually had auditioned to play Thor. Did you see that video or did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, it was something, um, even from uh, a while back, I remember during Ragnarok, they were doing some, uh, you know, tour pressing, and that video actually surfaced then, uh, it, it's it, it's just crazy to think, like, where we are now that you can't even displace Tom Hiddleston from Loki, and uh, Hemsworth from Thor, but you never know, it, you know, behind the scenes, man, it there he was, like, auditioning for Thor, <laughs> it, it's wild to see it, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it is. It is. So in an, in an alternate timeline, would do you think you would have been happy with that? Had they decided to go with Tom Hiddleston? I think at the time, both him and uh, Hemsworth were both kind of unknowns, right? So it would have yeah. been like, okay, one or the other, but I guess they had the foresight to say, hey, uh, Hemsworth's our guy for Thor, but Hiddleston, we want you as Loki. Right. I think um, I think Marvel definitely, I, I wouldn't say take I took the page from George Lucas and sense but you know like star wars they, they really try to push for more unknowns in a lot of these movies because you yeah. can focus more on the character not the face of the that's playing the character and i think that's what they're trying to go for i mean you kind of needed that with tony sark a little bit but at the same time robert downey jr was kind of you know he was trying to make his second comeback at that time so and in essence, he was kind of an unknown to maybe uh, like the newer generation of that time. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think the the playbook really worked out because when you see Loki, you just see Loki and you're more focused on who is his character, if, especially if you didn't know who he was. Like, I didn't know who Loki was. So it was nice to, like, get that rendition of the character without know, knowing like, oh, I know that guy from that movie. So it was really nice to get that for sure. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. So so let's dive into Loki's arc then. So it's, it's interesting that we see him in Thor. I thought his performance, even in Thor, was really, really good. Uh, just seeing him as like, you know, the jealous brother and like, you know, uh, having a, a, a disdain for uh, Midgard, for Earth but wanting the throne and then kind of evolving as a character. Uh, what do you think would be some of the highlights of his st- story arc going back to the very th- first Thor movie? Man. Um, well, trying to skip ahead of where Loki ends up. It's like, you, you definitely see a development of the character, right? You, you mm-hmm. see, uh, yeah. Like uh, we, we've seen the, the, the nuances of that, that second fiddle character who's jealous of the one who doesn't, think they deserve it you know because thor didn't really deserve the crown in thor the actual the 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 launch off movie so he had to go through his tropes and all that but loki in his own right like genuinely they really like uh step by step really got this guy going into uh where his first true death uh i guess was in the second movie where you really feel that that brother relationship of sorrow like Thor really loved his brother and for Loki to still fake that death for the sake of the crown which he ends up getting setting up for Ragnarok you just see how this character really thought 
man, my purpose was to always be this leader when really in the end, it was about conquering himself and really evolving from within, which we see that's really what Loki season one and two is kind of about. So it's really nice to see in those, what, like five, six movies he was in to really evolve and then deconst get deconstructed in two years worth. It's, it's been an incredible run how he's done it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, going back to like the, the movies. So before we, we get to the shows for Loki, it was cool to see certain like moments that I think were like uh, tender and really like dramatic, dramatic in, in nature as well. Like I think back to the scene in uh, uh, Thor, the dark world where uh, uh, Frigga. So Thor and Loki's mom is right. murdered, is killed. And uh, Loki gets the news from one of the Asgard, uh, uh, oh, Asgardian the guards, guards, right? Jail, and, yeah. yeah, no, no audio. We're just having like that the the musical score that's accompanying it, and then like you know you can just like visually you can tell what what he's going through, the anguish, and like he uses his magic to like smash all the 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 chairs in the room. So even in his like villainous state, as it were, you can tell that he genuinely had a love for his mom and a right. love for the Asgardian people, which it's is like cool a facade, you yeah, know, like. It, it's like he was always wearing these masks that you know the, the god of mischief mask right whatever he was playing at you know whatever his game was but rip that all off like he genuinely always cared even mm -hmm. for his brother like you always see it yeah you know and they really learn how to like twist that man it's it was oh man yeah dark world had its good moments i'll say that yeah yeah <laughs> that was one of those good moments definitely. yeah exactly exactly and then uh then of course the very beginning of uh uh, uh infinity war i mean just the, his death sequence there where thanos yeah. chokes him out and like you know uh you know he says that line to thor before he dies like the, the sun will shine on us again brother Jeez, uh, it's a yeah. really really cool cool moment to see that very tender moment and then at that time you're you're thinking okay that's it's it for loki he's done but uh, but sure enough, I mean, they they pull a fast one on us and they decide to bring him back. <laughs> yeah. And oh man, it, like, I mean, just to jump back to that opening scene, I still couldn't believe they did that. How mm -hmm. strong of a tone they set us up for, you know, for Infinity War. I mean, that yeah. was so impressive for them to go there and to have a character that it's almost like you don't want Loki to lose because or die because you, you, you have so much fun with him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he is a villain and we do want him to lose. But it's one of those where you he over time you just eventually just started getting a liking for him. And to see him go out like that in one of the most graphic looking ways, I didn't think they'd do that. So it was really impressive that they did that. They sold the scene. I thought that was it. Like, okay, he's finally dead. There's no magic here, like like uh, Thanos said. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like he straight up called it out. Like, like all those movies of him coming back with magic. Like, no, there's no magic here. You're dead. Mm -hmm. And he really was like, that really was a death. So obviously, yeah, they pull the fastest on us. Uh, pre his pre choked out Loki survives and <laughs> goes back in time with the TVA. Yeah. Yeah, so so that leads us now to the first season. So so what did you think? Did you like the idea that they were gonna, I guess, maybe alter things a little bit? And when you first saw Endgame, did you think, hey, I mean, uh, because of the Avengers like meddling with time to to fix things, uh, Loki inadvertently uh grabs the Tesseract and escapes. Uh, did you think they were gonna do something like that, give him his own show and like have him go through this continuing story arc? You know, I 
didn't think they're going to go their own show whether that was on the internet and those were rumors i highly doubt it because they didn't want to spoil anything obviously mm-hmm. but i definitely didn't think so i i i think like every like the other hundreds of people when we all saw that scene in theaters and you see him it slides to his boots and we all i remember it at least our showing the whole audience went ooh, yeah. because we knowing the history of tesseract and loki and his desire for that like we knew okay he's something's gonna happen but we didn't think he was gonna go back in time that is that was completely different and uh, when he does disappear that still wasn't back in time that was just him going somewhere else yeah yeah so I thought, okay, they're just going to, he's going to, we're going to see him later in the movie or something because he has an infinity stone and the whole thing is trying to get these back. But then once the, you know, later on Ant-Man and, and Tony and Captain, they had to go a different round in the sixties. That actually threw me off because I remember going back to that scene while watching the movie, like, oh, I guess they're not going to use Loki. Like, all right, well, I guess we're, I wonder what they're going to do with him. And I wonder that even after the movie, I was like, okay, what's up? So I didn't, I had no idea. So I'm really happy they decided to use him as a centerpiece for something pretty wild, man. Uh, the show was something else. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, I mean, even though I, I am a avid comic book reader, I really wasn't familiar with the TVA. So watching the show, like it was like new material for me, just thinking, oh, this is actually really intriguing. Oh, that's good. So I, you really I, I never, took it in as yeah. like no precondition, no prejudgment, just you just know Loki and that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to tell me beforehand, like, okay, there's going to be a show about Loki, I would imagine that it would have probably been him scheming or doing something to try and take the throne right. off guard. But like, no, we're doing something completely different with this character, which is uh, really cool and, and interesting to see. So that leads into like, you know, his the supporting cast. So like, you know, Owen Wilson uh, as Mobius and uh, Sophia so Martino as Sylvie. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the the overall show for both seasons one and two uh, for what we got for Loki? You know, I um, I remember at the end of season one, when when that was wrapped up, I remember just telling my wife and friends, like, to me, this is the best Marvel show, by hands down. M- maybe because I really dig, like the the wild the wildness of it. That I felt like they were willing to try something new, and for me, it worked. It, it, it was really working. Where I'm not supposed to understand exactly what's going on because i'm supposed to be like loki i don't know what's going on right when i think i figured it out oh what uh, another image another character kane who's this guy guy at the end you know Mm -hmm. uh he who remains like all those things were like for me just working and the supporting cast like owen wilson man like that guy was hilarious but it's not on the nose funny it's like through his character humor and it was just the writing was just top notch. I, I really loved it. I had that over, you know, WandaVision and the other ones. So overall, it, it was really nice. Um, the variant of Loki, what she actually represents in terms of like when they interact with each other. Um, I mean, when they all interacted, but Sylvie really represented like the the wh- how he can learn to self-love himself as a person. I, I, I took it. I, I, she's that representation of him where like how do i love myself like how do i care about myself and in in a in an empathetic way but being realistic and opening up about it no more scheming i gotta put that behind me you know all the things about uh 
you know, what Thor has always saw of him, he never saw of himself. So I really got a lot of that. And it was it was like part one of two part therapy session. So it was really cool to see like Loki get like deconstructed throughout that whole thing and still leave way room for more at the end of the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, the dynamic between Mobius and Loki was just so cool to to see. And then, you know, to see that uh, Mobius is really just essentially his his first real friend, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Big <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. So for the, the, each other, the, though, I think I think Loki was that for Mobius, I feel. Yeah. Because he was, I mean, Renslayer really screwed him over in the, towards the end. And yeah. Mobius really leaned on the faith of Loki at that point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the supporting cast, I think uh, they did an excellent job. Kihu Kwan, I'm glad they brought him in for season two. I think he was really great as OB. What did uh, you think about him? Oh, he was so funny. I mean, like you said, like not really like being hysterically funny or silly, kind of more like not like Guardians of the Galaxy style, but just kind of like a uh, subtle humor, if, if you yeah. were. Yeah. So I thought he, he did an excellent job in his role as well. Uh, so the whole team that that's, you know, trying to, to fix things for for season two uh that whole dynamic between all of them their their friendship you can genuinely feel the the emotions for them so so that was really cool to see as well i agree i honestly thought like Quan was only going to be in there for like an episode or two and yeah. it wasn't even going to be that much of a prominent role that he had but i really enjoyed that he was used the way he was like he was really an important tool of a toolbox it wasn't like he was a centerpiece or just some offshoot just because of his resurgence or anything like that. Like, I'm really glad they used them well. Uh, but all the characters, like, uh, in season two, like, you really see, like, a development of, like, coming to terms with all these characters, right? Like, did you catch that with any of the sporting cats? Like, yeah, Loki for sure, but what? who was, like, the character outside of Loki Do you feel like, wow, this person really grew as a character, like, from where you first see him in episode one or their first appearance and anything well mobius for sure but i think sylvie d- did as well in fact got, and then getting to that the finale when like they're having their argument over like you know free will versus like uh doing this to to save the timelines yeah uh yeah it was a really interesting like uh debate that they were having mm-hmm. uh makes it really really intense makes you kind of think and think okay maybe one way isn't quite the right way maybe this way is the right way uh right. It kind of reminded me just the way that Civil War was done uh, in mm. the MCU. So, so yeah. that was really, really cool to yeah. see as well. Yeah, uh, Sylvia was fantastic. Uh, I, I think, uh, like, some, I think some characters were always meant to be who they were. Like, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Obi, right? Mm-hmm. I, I forget his full name for some reason. Uh, but Obi, like, he was always meant to be a writer, you know. So I really liked how. At the end of the, the series, like he had his second edition of the TVA handbook. Like it was, it was really cool to be able, and see his satisfaction. Like, oh, like I got, I wrote this and they like it. Like they finally like his book versus in the first rendition, like no one read his stuff. Everyone pretended to read it. They all faked them out, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was that, but uh, uh, definitely Mobius, man. Uh, just seeing him finally, like, see his previous his life what it could have been i'll admit it gave me odin vibes oh yeah yeah right like i saw that i i saw the finale probably like three times now and i go back to that and i'm like it's it's almost like odin watching thor and 
and Loki playing together or something. Like I I thought like ah eh, that's a stretch, but I took it as like what if that was like a a little shout out to this is how it was always supposed to be like between Loki and Thor, and I think maybe in their own way like that was Loki having that sense of like kinship with that he never got with Odin, you know that that took it for granted. So let me make up for it mm-hmm. with Mobius and him being a father to two kids or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I went deep on that. <laughs> no, no. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, perfect analysis. I like it. Very good. Very good. So, so then it brings us to the very end. Uh, so Loki sacrifices himself to, to hold all the timeline branches together. So I guess in, in theory, like stabilizing everything. So it, it was kind of an interesting way to end it. I wasn't sure. I wasn't really sure what they were going to do, but sure enough, that's what they did. Uh, yeah. So do you think this is the end for, for Tom Hiddleston as Loki? I mean, have we seen the end? It kind of seemed like they wrapped it up really, really good. But uh, with Marvel, you never know. I I think we should start off with that alone. With Marvel, you never know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's multiverse, right? So. Yeah um at this point i i everything's on on deck you know like i the i think tom the last of tom hiddleston no the last of loki yes because i think like in uh i mean they don't come to mind right away in terms of like the names of like the cartoons and storylines but like i've always you know like oh you know gandalf the gray right mm-hmm. he doesn't remember who he was but he, as gandalf the white there's recollection over time right but he is essentially the same person, but just a different, you know, soul in there, and an elevated thing. So maybe, you know, uh, Loki, who's now technically he who remains in some form or fashion or God of Story. I know there's a whole bunch of references to comics, but whatever he ends up calling himself, whatever he is, whatever he is on that throne, I think we're going to see that come back. For sure. So what it may not be Loki, but it's Tom Hiddleston playing the character of Blank meeting with Thor or with whomever in um, in the future comics for sh- or movie comics. So I definitely think Tom Hiddleston's coming back. There's you can't. That's a character that has to help align the multiverse in some way, because right now he's holding on to everything mm-hmm. uh, just just to get like Sylvie said, he's giving us a chance. Yeah. That's very key because it doesn't apply to the TVA. That applies to everybody. So what is to to what scale we don't know yet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh to me, um, I, I totally agree with your 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 take, Eddie, because I also think in just in my opinion, if uh if Marvel were just to like, you know, put a bow on it and say, okay, we're done with multiverse stuff, that's kind of the end, then they could kind of just leave it things as it is and not have her bring it up again. But my guess is they're gonna be continual uh messing around with the multiverse and and timelines and things of that nature. So the fact that uh Tom Hiddleston is gonna have to return as some version of that character, as you mentioned, it may not necessarily be Loki, but there's definitely gonna be more multiversal hijinks coming forward in the in the future so so they kind of have to bring them back that would be my i I think um you know what however we may think of the 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 storyline process of these individual movies in phases four and five they all felt very independent of one another uh even though they're all supposedly connected they're all very independent of like where are we now type of movies right Mm -hmm. like where are these heroes now after the snap even in the shows as well. Now, it, if anything, Loki, to me, right, I guess real world comparison is now representing, okay, 
I'm grabbing all these stories that we just showed you. Now it's time to bring it, grab it, and put it all together. So hopefully, excluding the Marvels for a second, but like moving forward into next year after Deadpool, or maybe even with Deadpool, we don't know. Uh, going forward, maybe we're going to finally start seeing some connections between these movies, references to start kind of like uh, stacking the deck of this new enemy that seems palpable. Yes, Kang, they did set him up, but he doesn't seem palpable yet. He's not a presence in the movies yet. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. A rumor is excluded. I know people are probably reading things online already at this point, but yeah, assuming <laughs> it's still Kane. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's what they're going to start trying to do. Yeah. No, that's actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. So kind of like the, the elephant in the room, as it were. So uh, as, as we know, I mean, Jonathan Majors is in some a uh, little bit of a legal problems, uh, so much so that he's going to be going to court uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, if people who are listening don't aren't aware of his situation, if you wanted to Google search it, feel free. Um, I don't want to like you know speculate too much on on the accus- uh, accus- accusations or things of that nature. But basically, right. just uh, we have to just take it with the sense that uh, he possibly may not be Kang anymore, depending on what happens. So I guess from your perspective, Eddie, what do you think you would do with the Jonathan Majors? Kane character moving forward well albert i would fire everybody no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, <laughs> no i mean i mean i guess let's put on my bob Iger hat on for a second yeah. <laughs> um naturally frustrated because you know you always want your character your, your characters to be played by the actors you've helped uh developed and the actors going forward and, you know you, you always have these five to ten year plans and in perfect world they all happen right yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the real life, be it budget or be it personal choices of, you know, actors or whatnot. So, I mean, I mean, let's just take it from just a creative point of view. Has the King Dynasty setup been working? I think the general feeling is if you're just really being pragmatic about it is it's not really working. It's not giving me these Thanos vibes. Even let's remove Thanos, right? Leading up to the Avengers 1, there was no true big baddie they were leading up to, right? It was just one movie after another. And it just so happened Loki was a selected, you know, tier one villain Mm -hmm. to start us off. But we weren't building up to Loki in anything. So I'm going to use that example for this. Even though we're not, we're building up to Kang, it doesn't feel like we're building up to Kang per se. At least in the first five films, it just seems like every film connected every, but it didn't matter where you jumped into the movies. It just felt like, okay, this is a good starting point for me in the Marvel universe, but it always felt like there was a purpose to each movie. If you just kind of stack them up, they're always leading to something. And Avengers one was kind of culmination of, Hey, let's get together to save the world. In these, it's like, it's already implied and shown Kane is the guy. So, but we don't even feel like Kane is the guy in anything. Like, aside from Quantum Mania, which Ant Man beat, you know, mm-hmm. so where is he really truly that powerful? I guess he's a variant, but, you know, let's be realistic. Uh, where is it? Uh, we see an end credit scene of Kane. Um, we see a whole stadium of them. Yeah. And then, you know, a little council of like, the, I guess the top five Kings to kind of lead, lead it. But even then, 
where's the the sense of like urgency you know like oh we got to prepare for whatever the heck this is we get a whole show dedicated to he who remains and we get a little victor timely so there's two variants already where are we feeling like this sense of urgency even though it, it is there and Jonathan Majors has been incredible. Like this mm-hmm. guy, uh, acting wise, has been fantastic. I would love to see, I guess, whatever Prime Kane variant, like who's the the main guy. I would love to see him act as that and really go at it with the Avengers and stuff. But we haven't felt that. We haven't felt this urgency with any of the movies or shows outside of Loki. And like you said, Loki kind of wrapped that up technically. Like, if they were to just move on, and if I were to just call a, an audible, like, you know what? It's not working. Let's just go to Dr. Doom or some other daddy. We got the TVA. They literally say in the TVA, hey, we just they, we just took out another variant. That's at the last episode. So technically, you could just leave it there and just say, oh, yeah, TVA is already cleaning up. So where do we go from here? Honestly, Albert, I don't really know. I, I, I A part of me is that I want it to keep going. I want them to follow through with it. But how many more losses are we going to take? I mean, the Marvels, well, jumping into another discussion of that, you know, that's, it, it didn't help push the envelope. I'll, I'll say it like that. Um, and the shows prior to that, like Moon Knight and all those other ones. Yeah, great add-ons. Sure. Like if you really like the deep cuts of Marvel characters, great. Nothing's pushing that envelope for Kane. So is Deadpool going to start mentioning Kane? No, likely not. You know, and what's the movie after that? Probably not. So we, I think it's if business standpoint, it hasn't worked. Do we keep pushing for it? Mo- no movies coming out outside of Deadpool till 2025 at this point, mm-hmm. um, unless they move things around again. But 2025, we get, we get a little palate cleanse next year. Do we continue with Kane or not? I think they're waiting to see if the results of the trial. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to give it a, a genuine let's wait for Jonathan Majors because I do feel they should close it off with Kane like properly because, you know, as much as you and I love the shows, not everyone watches the shows. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair for people to see Quantumania thinking there's more Kane's coming. And then someone just goes, well, you didn't see Loki too. So you didn't know this was happening. Kind of like what happened in the Marvels. Who's John, who's Miss, uh, you know, uh, Captain Rambo and, you know, Camilla Khan? A lot of people don't know who they are just because they didn't watch the shows. So I think you got to give uh, the audience who loves and pays for the movies, they're genuine, uh, try to understand what you're creating through movies. So I think they'll continue it if Jonathan Majors' trial ends relatively quickly in favor of him not you know going to jail or whatever happens (laughs) (laughs) that's the biggest elephant in the room i think that's what's holding everything back oh absolutely yeah yeah it's unfortunate that things played out the way they did i mean because i'm not sure if you're familiar with his other work like he was uh the the antagonist in uh cree 3 yeah this year and like hollywood was really big on this guy and then all of a He's sudden huge. like this yeah all these things came up and mm-hmm. uh I'm, I'm a firm believer firm advocate for you know the due process uh right. legal system in that yes we're we're innocent until proven guilty uh but again i guess as a studio you do have to have your contingency plans uh set up in the event that something needs to be changed so right. like as you mentioned i guess it's gonna have to be a wait and see 
but of course, you also take into consideration uh, has his reputation been irreparably damaged to the point where maybe we have to cut to cut ties with this guy, even if he is found innocent. So who knows? Yeah, that's fair. Disney has done that before. Yeah. So uh, they just don't want to be associated, you know, and I get it. It's a yeah. business thing. I, I don't want to say just a Disney thing. Yeah, I think it's in general. You want good business. You don't want when you want a red carpet, you don't want the questions of not about the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you want like Ezra Miller. Let's use that as a perfect example. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, look how long the flash it took to come out. And they literally had rules for Ezra. You can only answer to certain reporters about certain questions. That's it. Because they were very hardcore about just let's get some kind of good press. So I'm sure they to some degree that might happen. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, January will will we'll have a true answer what happens to the King Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So so actually, I want to jump into some of the other news going on in the MCU. So uh, did you hear or or see the, the article from Variety where they were kind of talking about like the major shifts that Marvel was going to have to do that, that, that they were acknowledging like there's uh, problems with some of the productions that they've done and that yeah. they're looking to make changes. OK, yeah. So there's quite a few that I wanted to bring up. Uh, so. First, we can start with, you know, the Marvels. Uh, I personally haven't seen it yet, but we've, we can see that, yes, it's doing pretty poorly in the box office. Uh, but again, I, I did go ahead and read up on everything that happens. I, I plan to see it. Again, it may not be in theaters, but I'll definitely catch it on uh, on Disney+. Plus. But, uh, but again, there's elements that seem pretty cool to me that, yes, they, they brought back, you know, spoilers. Um, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer's Beast, a CGI version of him. And, yeah. then, you know, Kamala Khan gets to enlist Kate Bishop for a potential Young Avengers uh, team up. So right. those elements kind of seem pretty cool to me. I, I like those things. But as far as the actual movie itself, what did you think of the Marvels? Um, yeah, so we'll exclude the best part of the movie. Like, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, look, I, I, I go into as best as I can. Um, I try not to watch too many trailers other than like the teaser and maybe the first full trailer to not to just kind of get that anticipation. I try to go into as clean as possible to have the best non-biased opinion of every movie. Going into the Marvels, I just it, it's it's a two-way street. And I think I can speak for everybody on this part. Mm-hmm. Marvel hasn't been consistent in their really good movies consistently. Like they'll have some hits, but then they'll have some faults. Have some hits, have some okays, and then have some hits again. So it has it's been like this roller coaster, right? So I think going into uh, the Marvels has been very. Um, I was very timid going in, like, all right, let's just see how it goes. Uh, no expectations. So that already lowers the bar, but hopefully it comes better. I, I mean, I gave that movie like a six out of ten. Uh, it was just one of those where it's like there are like the overall like. Uh, uh, like the the chemistry between like Kamala Khan, uh, uh, Rambo, and Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, like they were actually that was really cool. What I, I what I struggled with was the the villain. Um, again, it was just Marvel in general. Even in the good movies of Marvel, the villain was just weak. It, there was it was just kind of let's let's get him out there because it's really about the heroes, not about the villain type of movie. Um, so there was no real development other than we've seen the villain where the hero does something wrong, gets the villain uh, more ven- vengeful to 
chance to uh, one day get revenge on the hero and save their people in their own way, feeling they're saving their world or something at the sacrifice of others. We've seen it a gajillion times. It works if we care about the villain. There was no character development making care. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of, and you could see it. Um, uh, after the movie, I did read there was a lot of uh, uh, reshoots, a lot of edit cuts because audiences of uh, you know that were watching it prior to kind of get like a feel of it. Um, I forget what type of showings companies do when they show it to like a, a small group of people to kind of get some feedback. But I guess oh, in those, um, yeah, there's a, there's a term for it. I'm brain farting. Focus that. group. Focus group. Focus group. So there was multiple focus groups where the movie just wasn't really working for you know whatever they originally had. Mm-hmm. You can actually see that in the movie, and this is what I me mean knowing about it. You know, when we went to go see it. It was a small group of us and it was very choppy. Like it, it just looked choppy. And it made sense once I read that. I'm like, yeah, you could see it. Like you could see where it just chops. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just wasn't really, you know, good. And honestly, like I really like Miss Marvel, the show. And it felt like whenever Kamala was on screen, it felt like I was watching the Miss Marvel show. And it sucks because it's like, I really like the show. I don't want to see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see her move away from that. What it would, you know, grow up in their own way. So it was kind of like against itself a lot. And, you know, I, I didn't, I left knowing I wasn't going to like it. And that's what sucked. I was hoping to feel wrong. Like, oh, it was better than I thought it'd be. I didn't get that. Unfortunately, I didn't get that. And this is excluding the, the best parts of the movie at the end. Uh, those are actually like some really good end credit scenes. Probably some of the better ones I've seen from the uh, the Marvel universe in a while. Oh, oh, very cool, very cool. Yeah, so I, I, I'm interested in checking it out because I mean I've seen every single production that Marvel Studios has done, so it'd be like weird to like break the streak now. But uh, but again, like if there there are issues and problems that the studios has to deal with. And in fact, uh, the article that I referred to earlier was kind of. Uh, reporting on some of the other things that I wanted to discuss with you now. So apparently uh, Daredevil Born Again had to go through basically scrapping. I mean, I think they were going to use some of what they had filmed, but they were basically almost going to restart from what they had done uh, because I guess it wasn't working because it was turning into more like a legal proceedings uh, show versus actually being like a heroic superhero show and that uh, they weren't going to use the the red Daredevil suit. So things of that nature. And then, of course, Blade's been having a lot of problems, too. Like, in fact, it's had to be rewritten like six times, uh, new writers every single time. And that uh, apparently Mahershala Ali was allegedly upset that he was going to be like kind of demoted a little bit, even though the movie's called Blade. But that it was actually going to be centering around female leads. I don't know if that's actually true. But again, these were uh, reportedly issues that were being reported by this Hollywood trade uh, variety or whoever it was. But it looks like they're actually looking to rectify it. So, so Daredevil's going through re- extensive reshoots, like almost like rewriting some certain scripts. They're rewriting so I, supposedly I think... like over eighty percent of that whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a huge like let's deconstruct this whole thing. Like, what are we doing? Kind of, it's crazy what they're yeah. doing there. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a good sign of uh, good sign of good uh good faith to the fans that hey we acknowledge things aren't working we're gonna try and fix them same yeah. thing with blade that they're on their sixth rewrite where the gentleman <laughs> uh, michael green who who wrote uh, for logan 
is actually being brought in. So I, I think he can actually come up with a really great script. And uh, supposedly, allegedly, Kevin Feige is going to be more on, on the supervising side of things, too. So uh, do these changes help you restore some faith? I mean, were, were you concerned of where the MCU was kind of headed in general? I kind of have a gauge of which how you feel in regards to that. But yeah, that's what I, what I wanted to ask you for, for Daredevil and Blade. Do you like these changes that they're going to be doing? Oh yeah, most definitely. I I think this is a positive. I I, I uh, stop the train if you can, right? Don't let it run off the rails. You yeah. know, you have a good product. You have over where are we at? Like twenty five movies in whatever we're at. Mm-hmm. Like you have a product for the last 15, 16 years. Like we already believe in Marvel, mainly Kevin Feige, mostly yeah. Marvel, right? Yeah. So you know we have faith that when you do rewrites do it but the problem was was kevin feige prior to bob Iger with bob chapek it was he was spread out too thin i mm-hmm. mean you remember at some point and we thought this was a busy year of marvel one year whoa three movies in one year whoa we were so happy and spoiled then it became three to four movies and two disney plus shows that's a lot of production for one guy to manage mm-hmm. to the obviously it's quantity not quality so I think what they're doing now is, okay, what are, what is working? Echo, you know what? That's not a big character. Uh, we're not going to extend that over weeks and weeks. We're just going to put a, a, a drop right now, one day release of all of it. So Echo comes out in one day. Done. Let's now focus on, let's get the Marvels out. Let's get it done. While the actor strikes was happening, the writers were still able to write. You know, and even while they're on strike, they can't pitch to the studios, but writers still can write on their own, right? Mm-hmm. So the writers, I'm sure we're still like, you know what? I had these ideas for, for the show. I, what we were doing before wasn't working. Now they're just kind of like tightening the belt, cutting the fat per se. Let's let's lean things off. And I, I, I really do feel this is best for the product. Taking an extra year, to to not say to say hey we're not going to release anything other than the only movie that's probably ready right now which is the Deadpool one that means that Deadpool has nothing to do with the King Dynasty per se because that one ha- was was already ready all the other proper MCU movies are not let's get those to 2025 let's reshoot let's rewrite let's well whatever we need to do to get this shit back on track mm-hmm. paying pending right but I think it's the best thing to do. I I, I feel with a, a central focus like Blade. I mean, this guy announced his movie like five years ago. Like I don't even know. I I don't. It's one of it's like the Flash. I'll believe it once I see the trailer. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm looking forward to it. it. It's just it's amazing to me to to hear an Academy Award winner was going to be probably the third or fourth fiddle of his own show. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they somebody woke up there and turned on the lights and said, "What the heck are we doing?" Same thing with um, with uh, Daredevil uh, that he wasn't even going to be Daredevil till like mid season mm-hmm. of a twelve or twenty episode season. So we're, we're going to wait possibly six to ten episodes to finally see Daredevil out there. Don't get me wrong; I want to see some lawyer stuff too. Mm-hmm. That's central to the character, but yeah. you got to see the guy jump off a roof. Can we get that? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they woke up. These are two proper properties that people have been wanting. Blade makes a lot of sense, especially with the whole Moon Knight tease. 
Um, we really should, or not even the Moon Knight tees. Um, uh, who? Oh my gosh, in Eternals. Uh, oh uh, yeah, um, the Black Knight. Yes, thank you. So he was already teased. How yeah. long ago was Eternals? Long yeah. time ago. <laughs> so we gotta start seeing some. And so I'm glad that they're doing that. If they're doing that for the shows, they're doing that for the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they're gonna start finally bringing it together. So I, I, I have a lot of faith in Kevin Feige. I, he hasn't failed this yet, even though the movies haven't been have been subpar for the most part. But some hits. So I don't want to say it's all been bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think what's kind of been missing is that you've had in previous phases of the MCU, you had a, you know established and uh, well versed like directors assisting and helping in putting everything together, like not just their own projects, but like the whole uh, MCU in general. Like you know, uh, John Favreau for Phase One, and then the the Russo brothers, but then Polson. Oh, yeah, it seems like. As you mentioned, Kevin Feige has been kind of stretched thin. It doesn't seem like the directors they have working now are like collectively working together with other projects to kind of be like a team effort. So that's why I can kind of see that there's been a, a lack of cohesion, if you will, uh, since, right. since Endgame ended. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it, I remember we even had a. Oh my gosh, the director for Guardians, who's now at DC. Oh, uh, James Gunn, yeah, James Gunn. Right, like, as well. Even when yeah. James Gunn wasn't directly involved doing like the Guardian stuff, or uh, you know, he was he was a producer on a lot of these other movies, especially for the spatial stuff, mm -hmm. the celestial stuff, whatever. Like giving input because at the end of the day, it was a good group. And you know, now that a lot of the directors have moved on to other things, especially the Russo brothers. I mean, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge one right there. Um, you got to start developing, you know, other <clears throat> directors or producers to kind of, hey, like, let's mold, let's, let's be a team here, like you mentioned. What is the plan for the next five products? Like, where are we trying to get to? It, we still haven't felt that too much. So maybe that's what that is. I mean, the, you know, they're shuffling everybody. I mean, now the, who was going to do uh, Secret Wars, uh, who I think he was the director of, Chung he was the director of Shang-Chi. He was slated to do the Avengers. Now he's just going back to Shang-Chi. Mm -hmm. Good. We need a Shang-Chi too. That was one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> one the, like, yeah, duh. Like, yes, you should go back to that. So I'm glad they're, let's reorganize. Let's get it together. They haven't announced it, but it's, I mean, it's kind of a duh. Let's push back the Avengers movies. Let's actually get Avenger <laughs> characters developed first before we get a whole group movie. So it, I think um, I think it's going to be good. I, I now probably in the next six months, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to start getting some real deal announcements, like going into either Comic Con or uh, one of the Disney um, events that they usually have. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, one of the points that I wanted to bring up for the uh, the article that came out in this Hollywood trade talking about what the MCU, the problems the MCU is facing, and what they plan to do to rectify the situation was they were hinting at the possibility of uh, Marvel reaching out and bringing back uh, established Avengers, uh, mm -hmm. particularly Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. And again, with our the multiversal uh, timelines and storylines that go on, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to bring back variants of those characters. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of seems like, you know, their their endings were so well done in Endgame. So maybe it would be better to keep them 
uh, to, to keep their, their depth as meaningful, I guess, in, in a way. But at the yeah. same time, I can understand that if it is going to rejuvenate fan interest, maybe you do want to bring them back. And I know uh, Scarlett Johansson was just on Jimmy Fallon this past week. Uh, he didn't press her on it at all, but my understanding is like, I guess those are, these are just rumors that nothing's really concrete as far as like bringing back these characters uh, to come back. But uh, what would you do, Eddie? Do you think uh, re- rejuvenating fan interest by bringing back fan favorite actors and actresses would help? Or should we really double down on the, the characters that they've been trying to sell us on for like in the past like year or two years? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you really could look at this both ways. I, I guess it just depends on what side you're on. Like, uh, on one on flip of it, it's you uh, keeping um, familiar faces always helps. Uh, it doesn't matter what anyone says; it does help because it just gives you a sense of, oh, okay, this is what I miss. Oh, I remember that. Wow, that's they're playing a different role on that. Like, look at like at King's Batman and Flash. That's not really the Batman we grew up with. But man, in that universe, it really felt like we were back home, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it it was nice to have that. But he was only just a, a, a one critical element of the whole story. So hopefully what they do going forward is um, if they did bring back any of those characters that, yeah, uh, actually more of the Scarlett Johansson, I, I can't see Black Widow coming back because... In Endgame, they did say they tried to bring her back. So that was the thing. They couldn't do it. They tried to do it. It just elevated her sacrifice that much more. So I say it would actually would hurt. I think those are the two wrong characters to bring back. Um, because Tony snapped. I mean, that was huge. They had a funeral. They had the whole bit. Yes, I know multiverse can, but you're really going to just ruin those moments, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel the ones you can bring back should be can be like a Captain Rogers because he's older. He's not going to be the main guy, but he can at least provide some type of maybe I don't know guidance or something. I well, actually, uh, sorry to cut you off, Eddie, but I mean, yeah. you remember in Endgame, they, they because they were trying to use the 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 quantum tunnel thing that Ant man had shown them that they have, yes, they can push people through time, but you can actually push time through people. So they could in theory, de-age Captain America if they needed right. to. Or Steve Rogers. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> what, was, what was the joke? I pooped in oh. my suit. I don't know if it was young me or old me, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, but those are one of those characters where I feel you, you can't, I, yeah. I, I think naturally because, you know, Tony Stark and, and Black Widow, they were huge, prominent characters. But I think that uh, if you're going to bring back familiar faces, bring back the ones that are still alive. Yeah. Or bring him back. You know, like he it, he needs a, a little rebound from uh, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, give him that, uh, like, Daniel, Daniel Craig effect, where it's like, you know, Daniel Craig had a really good Bond movie, then he had a whatever Bond movie. So you got to mm-hmm. end it on a good note. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing that that's going to be for um, Chris Hemsworth. I I feel if we're going to bring back familiar faces and make us feel like we're still in have that phase one type of Avenger feel or type or phase two, whatever. You bring back the ones that are still alive. Don't devalue the sacrifices and the meaningfulness of what we saw before. Because if we miss them, guess what we can do, Albert? We can go on Disney Plus and watch those guys again. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. I don't think. Um, you should bring back characters, but the ones that are still alive. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, those movies, they're not going anywhere. So you ever, I mean, I find myself going back to rewatch old MCU movies all the time. So yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you on those points, Eddie. And then you can even, uh, I, I think if you really take the effort to to take the characters you got and put them front and center, you you could definitely can have just as popular of a, an Avengers team. In fact, you got to remember that they still have Spider-Man, their most popular character at their disposal. So Right. I mean, you have Thor, you have him. Don't forget, there's a Hawaiian Hulk somewhere with a sun somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you still have the characters. And I'm pretty much Shang-Chi again. Mm-hmm. He was a, he, a really good new introduced character. Just keep developing the ones you got. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we like, I didn't care for uh, uh, Captain America. And then I saw the movie, I'm like, dang, okay, they made yeah. <laughs> Captain America. Yeah. And then, you know, two and a half years later, uh, you know, Winter Soldier, like, oh, damn, like, wow. And you're introducing new characters as you go. You know, mm-hmm. you're developing, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. You have a Winter Soldier. So, you know, it, it they can still do that. Uh, kind of a jump off point. I mean, look at, remember, we got Black Panther from Civil War. Mm-hmm. And look at that first movie came out. I mean, what a great start off point so you can do that with anybody i I think they just need to refocus chill out on the shows make the shows more eventful not a hey coming after this one ends like hey uh, a special 10 episode series not six (laughs) like give us some real development make it all eventful again i think that's the other thing is the hype Mm -hmm. Uh, these characters were also held by the hype of looking forward to the next event and that also needs to come back and hopefully they do so. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's the hope. Yeah. And I, I have the tools to do it and uh, the talent to do it. So yes. uh, one, one more thing I wanted to bring up that again, uh, it's um, been in the news the past week or so is fantastic forecasting, uh, <laughs> which I guess, as far as I I've heard, isn't official 100% confirmed by, by Marvel studios and Disney, but all reports are saying that this is going to happen. Uh, you know, t- to be honest, Eddie, it's a little bit, uh, underwhelming for me that it's being announced now because if you remember you and i we were all over comic-con news last summer and d23 news and like oh they're gonna do announce fantastic forecasting and nothing and then just kind of oh out of the blue oh pedro pastel is gonna be mr fantastic so a a little bit of anticlimactic i think (laughs) instead of like waiting for to doing it at at a a con or something of that nature but uh if pedro pascal is in fact our reed richards what do you think uh do do you like the casting I, i think it's a really good choice to be honest I will say before I answer that, that now that all strikes are done, rumor mill is back in full swing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So now it's all the studios scrambling to get the get the writers, get everybody. Let's just make whatever. So we're going to start hearing finally fantastic more news. I think that's long overdue. I think the strikes did push back a lot of these announcements. Yeah. Um even castings that you can't even contact the actor that you want and you're hoping that actor is now available because now there's 20 other studios trying to get that actor back i mean pedro pascal had a hit series and i want that season two uh you know last of us so so i'm sure he's in talks i don't think we're gonna any confirmations until a con i think I think Marvel definitely wants to try to keep it in the rest as best as possible. But that book that Variety likes to reference that is talking about like a lot of the Marvel insight stuff. I mean, that's what we're getting right now. So with, with Reed Richards, 
woof. I mean, I I would love to see anybody in Reed Richards uh, as that. I, I think we even got the fan casting in, you know, uh, Multiverse of Madness. I mean, that was great. Mm-hmm. We got a little Reed Richards there. Yay. So Pedro Pascal, I mean, he's a great actor. He'd fit the role. He can fit a lot of roles. I, I mean, I, I don't have an opinion yet too much because I don't want to set the, the, the precedence that, okay, he's our Reed Richards now going forward. And then we find out he's not even our Reed Richards later on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, but it sounds great. I mean, I think he'd be fantastic. I mean, uh, he's a really good actor. He has a wide range. Um, he can get very serious. I mean, I loved him in Narcos. I mean, that he was like one of the best characters of those two, first two seasons. And then just where he's developed. I mean, he he's not just this this grunty sounding guy in Mando or something. You know, he he really has range, and um, I think he'll be fantastic. If <laughs> no pun intended, uh, <laughs> but. To, to to be if he is selected, I think it'd be a, a great choice. That truly is where they're going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a few other uh, uh, casting news, or I guess like rumor casting news, as you mentioned, like it's it's wild rumor season now. Now that the strikes are over, uh, potentially seeing uh, Vanessa Kirby as uh, Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, and Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things as uh, Johnny Storm. Uh, both those castings, I think, would be really great. I think it'd be really really cool. Uh, I, I think I remember hearing before the strikes that they were looking for uh, or towards Margot Robbie, but that her price was going to be too high or the, uh, all kinds of rumors that go along with that. But uh, Vanessa Kirby, I think is a really up, up and coming great actress. <laughs> I think she'd be perfect for the role. And then Joseph Quinn, perfect for the Johnny, Johnny Storm role as well. Yeah. I mean, another rumor too, Century with uh, Stephen Yoon. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So there's that. I, I think it's all out, out there now. I, but it's good. This is mm-hmm. this is what we want. I mean, we want to start hearing castings, like whether it's true or not. I think it's great. Like, finally, we can start talking about Marvel in a speculative way again. So this is good. Um, whether those are true uh, it remains to be seen. I think it's too fresh to have any confirmation of anything. Mm-hmm. I think right now they're just looking to see who they who's in their top five and who's even available at those top five per yeah. character. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a race of horses between so many studios. I mean, don't forget and not to like just jump into another topic, but it's like Marvel's taking a year off. Uh, so 2024 is really going to be Marvel trying to, you know, with, with Deadpool and then maybe a show. If I think they may have one show. So um, they'll definitely not, have echo at the beginning of the year. And right. there might be one other show at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's it. There's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. But guess what else comes out in 2025? Superman. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're now at a point where DC and Marvel are put it against each other again to develop universes of movies. So what we start hearing from Marvel is not definitive yet because best believe uh on the other side of the, the coin, DC is calling all these people. Hey, I know they offered you a role for that superhero, but what about you as the thing? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Swamp Thing or whatever. But, you know, just it, it, it's going to be fun. I, I think um, whoever they choose is going to be great. But the fact that we get to even talk about movies coming out again, um, you know, post uh, the Marvels, is, it's, it's a good thing. It definitely is. I'm looking forward to see whoever gets casted. 
but yeah, I like the Steven Yoon one. I, I think he's a great character too, or uh, actor. I think that guy should get more more roles. Mm-hmm. My understanding was I, I believe he is officially casted for the 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 Thunderbolts movie, but his role was was kept under wraps. So that yeah, is potentially going to be the century. Is actually pretty cool. So yeah, I guess his friend was uh he was in an interview and. They just uh, he just blurted it out there, and then he straight up says somewhere in there like, "Well, I don't work for Marvel, so they're not going to do anything to me." Um, yeah, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like straight <laughs> well, up, was, uh, what's uh, Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, who said that? Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. yeah so. So. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, he knows Steve very well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I just the way I I, I wish I could remember how the crow was, but he, I know he says that, and I just laugh like straight up doesn't care. Like I don't care. Like. My guy is gonna be in the century. Bam! Oops. <laughs> but it was a. It, it's really cool seeing like the castings come out now. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, Sue Storm. But gosh, I just, I just want to know, like, kind of like Superman, who's gonna be the bad guy? Because I don't think you should do Doom right away. I think Doom should be preserved and saved for like the Dark Phoenix. Save that one for like a really epic moment. Start small, start with the internal struggles between the Fantastic Four, how they get their powers. Um, because that was the kind of unique thing. The Fantastic Four were the Fantastic Four. There were no others. So mm-hmm. I wonder how they're going to do that. Because, uh, you know, it all depends on how they do the multiverse. It, are we like the X-Men? Apocalypse was, you know, you know, quote unquote, like the first mutant. But, you know, how does that work in a multiverse? Um so at some point we're gonna get that sacred timeline, right? A one timeline, whatever that is. And um, I think that's what makes the Loki ending so intriguing is to get Fantastic Four means they're only Fantastic Four because of what? You know, because they're the only quote unquote mutants, or because they're four unique individuals that do something very good for the world. You know, what is that? So it's really gonna be interesting where they go. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that, with that, Eddie. In fact, it kind of goes along the lines of the maybe the problems with Quantumania in the sense that, okay, so so uh, Ant-Man and the Pym family, they defeat Kang. So it's like, okay, right. well, is, is Kang really that much of a threat? I mean, is he Avenger-level threat? So holding right. off Doom until they do, like, yeah, Secret Wars or they do, like, an actual, like, Avengers-level threat team-up movie would be a really good idea. So so for the Fantastic Four, like, I don't know, maybe go, digging deep into their uh, uh, rogue gallery, like, get someone like the Mole Man or someone like that. I don't know. But, but I, I do, maybe the yeah. Mole Man's a bad example. But, uh, but I do yeah. like your, your suggestion of holding right. off on Doom just a little bit more, even though I really want to see Doom in the, the MCU. Fantastic Four, real quick. Did you think at all that we would get a Fantastic Four type of reference or even character um, in Quantumania? No, no, not at all. Oh, you didn't. Dang, I, I'll admit, I'll admit, I thought at some point, maybe even a post-credit, because, you know, King being uh, a distant relative of, you know, Reed Richards, that through the, the jump of the quantum realm and all that, for, you know, for Ant-Man to get out of his situation, Maybe there was like some type of reference to a Fantastic Four and all that, just to kind of explain. Oh, when we're here, you know how they supposedly we're in a quantum realm, you kind of develop powers, like you mutate a little bit. You know mm-hmm. that's kind of already implied. That maybe that's also a reference to what the Fantastic Four may be part of, and that's how they get their powers or something. 
So oh, I always... you know actually that does uh since you brought that up, Eddie, that kind of reminded me of a, a theory I heard long ago, like how they potentially were talking about incorporating the Fantastic Four into the MCU that the there was a wild rumor going around that they wanted to actually have them first introduced in the 60s. So like, you know, like they're come, come up with counterparts, like, you know, very 60 style movie. Um, right. And somehow that they got trapped in the quantum realm and they, they would be oh, emerging like in the modern day. So yeah. they would be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that'd be pretty cool because that would explain where why they were gone, yeah, why they get what they get. Them. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, we've already been reintroduced to a, a variant of uh, Reed Richards. So I don't know. It, it wouldn't seem to make sense to use that route but yeah you you do bring up an excellent point that it potentially was a missed opportunity to not have a fantastic four reference in quantum mania but yeah i digress (laughs) (laughs) yeah who knows well i guess we'll find out yeah yeah who knows they're probably there now yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh very cool so that's all the talking points i had for tonight eddie did you have anything else you wanted to bring up marvel related or anything else at all dude um no, I mean, other than, you know, when you do get a chance to see the Marvels, I think you'll still enjoy it. Uh, it's not a big knock of how I think about it, per se. It's just definitely going to it. And I definitely look forward to you seeing, like, how it all ends. And even the end credit scenes in its context, I'm sure it's probably on the internet right now. But when you see it all in its context after the movie, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Uh, it, it definitely, like, in our in our theater, a lot of people cheered. Uh, that was, like, a big thing. So... The love of Marvel characters is there. Like, easy example, you see Beast. You have not seen Beast in that rendition in years. But people cheered as if he, you know, like he was like this brand new fun character kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, so bringing back familiar faces is a, is definitely a good thing. Um, but bring back the ones that work and that are still alive in Marvel. I think that's how we should go about it if they do bring them back. Oh, very cool. Sounds good. Uh, so there's nothing else for tonight. We'll go ahead and wrap up. But Eddie, it's always a pleasure to talk uh, uh, Marvel stuff. Any type of geek stuff is always really, really great. So thank you for being a constant contributor to the show. It's been so much fun for me. And as I approach episode 100, it's been uh, really, really cool to talk to you about all these cool things. And I'm looking forward to many more episodes after 100. Congratulations on your upcoming uh, century episode. Yeah. <laughs> you centurion, you. but uh, always a pleasure to come back and happy to be so okay very cool so so happy thanksgiving to you eddie and to all my listeners and you've been listening to the casting podcast thanks everybody